Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we are looking at the Firefly episode, Ariel. The Serenity arrives on the planet Ariel, one of the core planets in the Alliance. While most of the crew are hoping to spend some time off the boat, Mal and Zoe are distinctly hostile to the idea of setting foot on a core planet, and Mal forbids anyone from leaving the boat. Everyone except Inara, who is legally obligated to subject herself to a two-day medical evaluation as part of her companion's license requirements. River attacks Jane with a knife because, you know, she's crazy, which leads to some hard feelings on Jane's part. Mal confines River to quarters at all times, and Simon admits that, yes, River's condition is getting worse. Simon comes forward with an idea for a job. He plans an intricate heist to break into the local hospital where the gang can steal extremely valuable medical supplies, and at the same time, he will be able to take River to a 3D medical imager and run diagnostic procedures on her, hoping to find out what's been done to her. The plan starts and goes by the numbers. That is, until it's revealed that Jane has cut a deal with the local police to turn in Simon and River for the reward. That plan, too, begins to go wrong when the police aren't willing to share the reward with Jane, and the people who want River, the mysterious men with blue hands, aren't willing to let any witnesses, including the police, live. Jane stages a breakout, and with a little supporting help from Mal and Zoe, they escape the men with blue hands and lift off the planet with their ill-gotten booty. Simon, unaware that Jane betrayed him, is very appreciative that Jane saved him and his sister. Mal, not so naive, threatens to kill Jane for betraying his crew. Only time will tell if Jane actually learned the lesson Mal was preaching. Okay, well, I will say... Just as a start-off point, that that I generally, unreservedly enjoyed this episode of the show. But as it's in my nature to always find something to pick on, I will say this. The CGI does not hold up well over the years. <laughs> Think, so go, in, go into the core planet. Go into the core planet. And having all that stuff going on, I think overloaded their server farm on 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 the images. But other than that, uh, it was it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It it was uh, it was some nice adept storytelling. And uh, although I'm not exactly, I'm of two minds on heist stories. I I love Mission Impossible. And when I say that, let's reservedly point out that I'm talking about. Proper Mission Impossible, series. not Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. I love a well-oiled, intricate plan, you know, being run through very cleverly and and not. I've never been as crazy about heist movies, which are basically the same thing except criminals. It, I think it's just <laughs> the criminal aspect of it. And I'm not as I'm not as uh, uh, on board with it, and or not as vested in the in the result. So uh, this worked fine for me in that respect. Um, It didn't bother me too much. I mean, we've got that kind of Robin Hood thing going here where we're going to steal medical supplies from rich people who don't really need it and take them out to poor people and make a filthy rich profit off of it at some point. So, uh, but yes, which is, I mean, even Wash picks up on the, Robin Hoodiness of that stealing from the rich, selling to the poor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and, uh, and I did. I, I mean, there was put that put that line in, and it's almost like a nod to as if as if it, as if the 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 whole ethics thing is there. 
because the Fox executives require it. And the wash line is there just to show the kind of contempt they have for it. It could be. I, I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's good that they see it. And it's Zoe, I think that says the line, not, not the line about selling to the poor, but when they talk about stealing it, obviously Simon is just putting out a way to make money, knowing mm-hmm. that, that this group of people are criminals and they will steal stuff for profit. And that's fine. I, I was thinking it was Zoe who said, and they could use those medical supplies out on the outer worlds, wasn't it? Because I, I can't, think I can't. that's somebody justifying it to themselves. Yes, I think there was an element to that, but it, it was def- it was Kaylee who questioned the ethics of it in the first place. Mm, could be. But, so I, I yeah. But I I enjoyed the episode and I thought um well I think I'll I'll tell you what I think is the best part about the episode and then I guess it potentially goes downhill <laughs> from there it's it is a well constructed story that plays on the human desire to hear a story about redemption because we are presented partway through this story with knowing that Jane has betrayed Simon and River. And then the heist goes on and we see Simon save a life, you know, stop a very important, very dangerous heist to save a life, which a lot of people, and we can see from River's face, is an admirable thing for him to do. Mm Mm-hmm. He is, he's a healer. He's a man who saves lives. He is a net positive to society and, and, and the world. And Jane is looking on at that same time. Then they go in and do the diagnostic procedures. And suddenly in the middle of that, Jane goes, okay, plans changed, changed. It's, it's well-crafted in that you look at that and go, oh, look at that. Jane actually is a human being. He's had a change of heart. He realizes he set them up and now he's got to get them out of that because he feels bad about what he did. And it ain't that. But it really does play on that. It 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 really plays on that when you're watching the film. At least it does for me. It's like, oh yeah, this is definitely set up to make you think Jane is a human after all. And it turns out he's not. So... <laughs> Or is he? But we can get to the ending <laughs> uh, when we get to the ending. But I that that in particular, I thought, uh, sets this episode apart from just the standard, just the standard heist. There, there is the piece that makes that sets this above is how well they did that story. To me, see, the thing is, I, I, I agree with you. It's not the standard heist. But I think it's playing on the standard heist. Absolutely. And I'm not... that what Your interpretation of what Jane was doing there was not my interpretation of what Jane was doing there. This did not make me think of Mission Impossible. It made me think of The Sting and House of Games and all of those kinds of movies, which, as you say, are about naughty criminals. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the kind of hallmarks of a film like that which is a you know it's telling the story of a long con so it kind of takes you behind the scenes and you see the planning and you see how it actually goes in the execution of it but typically at least in the films that i like uh and and, you know the the this thing in particular is an excellent example of this. You don't see everything. There is an element in the way the film is made which involves conning the audience. Right, and I haven't seen this thing in a very long time, but I'm gonna guess Okay, but I mean t- take take any of the take any of those films that are kind of long con films and there will be some aspect of it where 
you 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 know your first act you have the planning stage and then you go into the execution and then there's a critical point at which things appear to go wrong right usually involving a betrayal which is what we get in the sting mm, okay so I don't... It, it, it it you know it appears robert redford is betraying paul newman or whatever it is and in this story it's using all of the conventions of those long con movies suddenly suddenly that's what we're getting we're getting this incredibly elaborate setup for the heist and suddenly simon is this genius mastermind for it and then we get the apparent betrayal where jane appears to be shopping them and part of me even though i kind of know where the episode is going part of me my expectation is still thinking with that 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 is part of the plot that's something that's an extra element of complication in there that simon has has told the crew about but we didn't hear in order to build the suspense and of course it's not because right. one of the one of the kind of strengths of this show is that it goes with the grain of its characters all the time and where i think this episode is kind of stretched at the seams a little bit is that it in order for it to do this long con thing it needs them to be at times something else and that's where you're it is like you say the whole thing plays on your expectations you're it's important that you don't know whether jane is betraying them or not really betraying them at that point in the plot and i guess either way you read it whether it's whether it's my interpretation or your interpretation you do get that ambiguity so it, it, it is well constructed okay so a couple things um with regards to heist movies i i the part that you're talking about, I can again, if I've seen this thing, it's so long that I just, you know, that's the kind of film that the details will be gone because it is the details, right? It is. It is. Watch it know, again. 30, 30 years or whatever. But you are correct in that there is invariably a point where things appear to go wrong in these types of films. And then... It turns out, no, we planned for that contingency, but we didn't show you that bit in the planning to build yeah. up that fake sense. Although I don't recall that typically being an apparent betrayal. That's usually somebody being in the wrong place at the wrong time. That You know, like the guard only goes every 10 minutes and it turns out the guard decided to go early it's not for lunch always or something. But, but, but so the sting I, is a particularly famous example where it Well, is. then that's probably, you know where this episode got its uh, more inspiration yeah. because I wouldn't have put that. It's something else that goes wrong. In my mind, I would think of something else going on. So that that's one thing. So not having the sting fresh enough in my memory probably may have played on that or not, not saw that as the typical plot complication. And the other thing is, do you ever, when you're working on your notes for something and you want to make a point and then you realize that as soon as you make that point, somebody is going to go, but you always say that you do this. And so then you <laughs> devise a counter argument to that. And then somehow the counter argument and the argument get put together and they may not form a cohesive whole. So I'm going to just take a step back and say, I don't particularly like heist movies because that the whole thing goes. And then somebody would say, but you like shows like Mission Impossible where they do the intricate plotting thing. I go, yes, you're right. Mission Impossible is, but that's different. And why is it different? And I started explaining something I probably didn't need. No, I didn't see any similarities between this and Mission Impossible. That was not what I was trying to get at. What I was trying to get at was that the format of a, an intricately plotted show does appeal to me, but for some reason they don't when it comes to heist movies. And I I, you know, I've, I've not seen Oceans 10, 12, 11, 47, 38, however many oceans there are, have no desire to. You know, it just isn't. Every time those come out, I go, eh, yeah, nah. <laughs> well, Oceans 11 is the only good one, but it's an original great example. Or the, 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 
Is there the, an older the Soderberg one? version? I haven't seen the Rat Pack version. The Soderberg, I love Soderberg. I I forced myself to watch Oceans Twelve and Thirteen. They're not good films. Um, Oceans Eleven, though, is brilliant, and again, it contains the element where you know things appear to go wrong, but they're not. Mm. It's it's all it, it's all part of the plot, part of the formula. But I, I I I get I get what you're saying about Mission Impossible. I get I get I get that this is a well plotted episode in the sense of just sort of keeps your brain on your toes i think it i think it's i think it's slightly atypical for firefly because of that but i i still think it works they're they're having fun with it and you you see them having fun with it and that's evident from things like the sequences where simon is is trying to teach mal to speak like a medic i am i'm not happy with those scenes but the, but those those scenes they I like the scenes because a it's really funny watching him stumbling over those terms and b it just points up how implausible this whole suddenly we're con artists switcheroo okay. is. I guess this is the part I have with that scene, and I have it in my notes here is that I. I don't like that those scenes. I mean, yes, I get the comedy aspect of it, but I don't think Mal's an idiot, and I don't think Zoe's an idiot. I do think Jane's an idiot. <laughs> so I can believe Jane not being able to learn those simple lines. It's not a question of whether or not you're an I, idiot. I think, I can't be sure, but I think I could recite those lines, and I've only watched the episode once. Go on, then. <laughs> Um, pupils were fixed and dilated. Patients were cyanotic and not responding, and we were unable to Ooh. resuscitate them. Ooh. We tried pulmonary stimulators and cardiac infusers. We applied cortical electrodes, but we were unable <sighs> to get a neurological response. And there was one about kicked it, and I don't remember what led well, into that. The, cor- the cortical electrodes is the one that cracks me up when. Uh... <laughs> when Jane insists on delivering the line. Oh yeah. And which proves from proves according to your definition of who's an idiot and who's not an idiot that he's not an idiot because he's able to memorize some technical I will get jargon. This. I will get this. But my You don't have to understand opi- it, you just my, have to repeat it. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But what you're talking about and here's a here's a problem for this kind of setup. What you're talking about is not whether people are idiots or not idiots, or whether they're clever or not clever. It's whether they can act or, I mean, this, this is the thing. Act, this is a skill, right, that actors, all actors can do because that's their job. They have to be able to read this stuff like it means something to them and they have to, they have to be able to memorize stuff that is basically complete mumbo-jumbo, hence reversing the polarity of the electron flow. Neutron. The, uh, sorry, the neutron proxy. <laughs> I'm not an, I'm not an actor, purpose. but you I'm going to make the case that that doesn't make me an idiot. And <laughs> the 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 issue is that, of course, the characters in this, who are, I would say, not idiots but not natural actors, are played by people who who are natural actors. And there's always a difficulty when you get actors playing characters who are acting. Because it's yeah. too easy to fall into acting, as in yeah. the, the actors themselves just act the part that the character is supposed to play. They become too convincing. I guess I'm seeing a distinction between acting and memorizing. Now, I'm not expecting them to be able to deliver those lines like Olivier. And I could, I could totally no, see Mal it, going. I'm saying patients were cyanotic and not, you know, not delivering it like you knew what you were saying. But the fact that he can't distinguish cyanotic and cynical, and the, that's the part. It's like I, I, I don't picture Mal as having a brain that's deficient to memorizing a few words for a few minutes, and that's where that scene kind of plays. It's like that's a little I too, don't that, too much. That is a couldn't they just write it down I, and read it a few times instead of? 
there might be better ways of of memorizing stuff i don't know i don't i don't think i don't think i don't think it's a deficiency because i wouldn't be able to do it i would not be able to do it i won't remember it in an hour admittedly i mean i i did just watch the episode within the last three or four hours but after well, lunch it'll be gone there's no doubt yeah, okay and and they 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 have to do some fairly complicated things before they even get to the point where they're going to deliver those lines i don't it wasn't my it wasn't my point that in those scenes they became too effective as actors it it's that there's a and and I think I, I mean I think it is I think it's something it is a mistake later in the episode where they they actually do become a bit too plausible. But at that point in those scenes, I think what it's actually doing is it's a little bit of self awareness about how about how these things work. It's a nod to the fact that it's actors playing actors. Mm. Okay. Um. Well, since we're talking about that scene and the why they were preparing uh prepping it let me ask this question does simon romanticize the medical profession because that whole scene really feels like he thinks those doctors or the admissions people care about this i mean the scene plays out beautifully they walk in i got a couple of dead but doas here take them to the morgue they don't care if they're doa they don't care (laughs) They don't want to know how you tried to resuscitate them and all that stuff, because that would imply that the admissions people think maybe there's still a chance. (laughs) I I, still hope. I didn't read that as Simon being a romantic fool. Well, there's also... I I read that as, as as Simon being an extremely effective criminal mastermind. He is is projecting... what he no, would want to know. No, what he's doing is he's is he's preparing for the worst. You don't go into something like this just hoping for the best. It's it's obviously great that they don't get asked the question. Mal is ready to take that. It's only Jane who spent all this time right. learning this stuff. What what Simon is doing is preparing them for if they do get these questions, which which is much better that that they know the answers to the questions they aren't asked then they don't know the answers to questions that are asked i'm not saying it's wrong to 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 do i'm just saying that simon has to put himself in the mind of the admissions staff he has to put himself in and so he in the mind of what if the admissions staff were particularly pernickety or whatever he has to think about what would be the worst case scenario for them the the criminals and work out how they would need to respond in any of those scenarios. And the other situation that, that leads me to ask that question is while they're walking through the ward and River's pointing out all these people are going to die, Simon is so, no, 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 no. Great hospital. Great doctors. Help people. Best care anywhere. He is, he is dismissing her observations because doctors are good. And I and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that attitude. And heck, I want my doctor to have that attitude. Right? I mean that's well, what makes Simon that's what makes Simon a good doctor is the fact that he's hopeful, uh that he's thorough, that he's conscientious, that he wants to save lives. Oh, Simon he, is a good doctor. Absolutely. And and he's projecting that off on the rest of them. But he's better than they are. Yes, and he and he has a, a because this is where I would agree with you that he has a slightly romantic view. He's seeing what's going in that hosp- on in that hospital through rose tinted spectacles, presumably because he's it, from his upbringing on the core planets. He has been kind of instilled with a, a respect for what goes on in these hospitals, and even though he may through what has happened to him and what's happened to him and river have become disillusioned with a lot of stuff about the alliance he's still got that romantic view up until up until the point where you know he sees this doctor who is making this bad bad judgment making a mistake 
it's a lack of preparation and a lack of of um well, I guess lack of preparation or, or study in the situation or, or understanding all the all the things that are going on in the process, which I do think still goes back to the way he prepared Mal and uh Mal and the others for the for the thing. He's he's thinking how it would be if he was the person standing there. I really think. I think that he's it, it and, and it's and this is not an uncommon well, thing. I, I, I've, I I've met this in people that. in professions who are are really good at what they do. They can't see necessarily the flaws in the others because, and I don't mean flaws in their technical skill, but I mean flaws in their <clears throat> in the attitude that they approach it. And and if you don't see that, because you've got you've got the very in this case, Simon's view, which is doctrine is great um, for, for poor paraphrasing of that. But um, y- you, you kind of turn a blind eye to some of the stuff that might go on. That you but don't he doesn't realize. turn a blind eye. He well, he does now. He, he's some opened up. It's, he's genuinely not seen anything that is, is, Previously, he has not seen anything that would genuinely change his view of how good the doctors are in this hospital. Now he does, and yeah. it doesn't take him it doesn't take him any time to adjust. To, I mean, he gives that doctor a proper chewing out, and we see. I mean, it, the whole point of it is obviously to see Simon in doctor mode and to to be shown that yes, the man is a good doctor, and. He is, and he knows it, and he certainly does give the guy a good ticking off, and we see that uptight jaw in its natural surrounding. <laughs> yes, indeed. I think that, in a way, Simon's character gets a little bit of a disservice uh, so far in the series because, clearly, Simon and River are geniuses. Both. Absolutely. And but he's very River smart. is River is more so. And when you put siblings in a situation like that, or any two people, Simon kind of gets the short shrift. And I think what is kind of interesting in our minds, not necessarily, you know, it's it's there on the paper, but you kind of think, well, Simon's just the, the dedicated, helpful doctor who's helping his sister because he loves her, but he's also extremely extremely bright and that plays well in this episode on the other aspect this is one of the few episodes with a previously or at least it wasn't as this is one that was glaringly obvious they had to give us the whole river story oh coming into this i didn't have that on the dvd on the oh really no previously no previously okay this one had a previously i think this is only the second one we've had that's had a previously on it uh, it starts off with a few scenes from the train robbery, and then the rest of it all has to do with River and Simon. And I guess now that you tell me that, um, my observation that those two components were exactly what you needed to know for this episode. This is a group of criminals who are willing to perform criminal heists, hence the train robbery. And yeah. Simon, you know, Simon coming to this team, he's got his he's got his concerns about his sister, but he's also an extremely sharp guy. This is a new element for their their heist techniques. Funny. The train robbery was not a particularly brilliant affair. It was just a kind of come in, do this thing, saying it's not up to that level. You put Simon on there now that he's part of the crew, and you get this intricate um, uh, heist because you've now got a high IQ plotter guy working on it. It's kind of a, a melding of the two, uh, the, the crew as they were and the crew as they are now. Um, but um, it's, certainly, it's certainly a big development for Simon in terms of where we are now and 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 that has to do with his position in the crew because obviously he was there for the train robbery 
Mm -hmm. But throughout those early episodes, I mean, you think of the way Mal treats him in uh, Safe. I think I think those scenes are in the previously telling him to stay out of the way. Yeah, yeah. That, there's and so, and we've moved on a lot from there, and it and it comes it that comes over crucially. The thing is, I think that comes over before Simon comes up with this heist scheme, because that exchange with Mal after well, first of all, you you have Mal defending river and and jane's right river's not safe yep but mal's right too it's his he's the captain and they're his crew and we you know we're kind of reminded of the fact that no no one gets left behind kind of thing but when he when he when he then talks to Simon about it and reminds Simon of the, of the deal that they made, there's a sense in which Mal is showing him some respect. He has shown him some respect standing mm -hmm. up for him, you know, with, with Jane. Um, but, but also reminding of him of his responsibilities. And when when Mal asks Simon, is she getting, or suggests to Simon that she's getting worse, Simon's choice there is not to be defensive about it and to admit that she is getting worse, which, again, I think shows a level of trust on Simon's part because he's no longer just acting out of purely thinking about his and his sister's own interests against a set of um a set of other characters who are who are in their own ways pursuing their own interests he now he now has sufficient trust in mal to say yes this is this is the situation i think that simon and and this is not to make it sound like i'm leading up the simon fan club here um <clears throat> again this is a guy who's smart enough to see what's going on around him the whole time. Yes. And he should be able to figure out that Mal isn't going to betray him. And I think, I think he, he has. has. Yeah. Exactly. He has. And, you know, we've had that talk about Jane and that I'm of, that you're of the opinion, if I'm not putting words in your mouth, that Jane believes Mal would sell him out if the, if the price were right. Jane, Jane believes Mal would sell Simon out. Or him. He has or, to. Oh, Mal would sell Jane out. He believe. Well, you were the one that said Mal, that Jane thinks Mal's dedication to the crew is only so long as it's to his advantage. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. that's the way Jane thinks. And so that would so, mean yeah, that so as soon as Jane's in, yeah, he doesn't Jane see would, that. Jane would have to accept that there would be a level of price, even if Jane thinks he's incredibly valuable to the crew, which obviously he does. He would think there must be some price that Mal would accept. Yes, right. I, I, yes, I guess that's okay. fair. Okay, and so, but I can see Simon seeing that Mal isn't that type of person. Yes, he, he can On understand. Hand, it's like no, it's yeah. Simon Simon doesn't see through Jane in this episode. No, he doesn't. It's 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 Mal who sees through him in that. So he's not. It's not. It's not simply that Simon is so he's look, he's naturally perceptive. It's that over time he has come to realise that Mal can be trusted, and so and a mutual respect has been developed. But Simon may be an optimist, you know, in a weird sort of well, way. Well, yes, I it's think back he is to the, as well, yes. He, you know, he's looking for the best in Mal, and he can see it. And he's right. And here he's grasping at something that, you know, all the things that he saw, Jane saved his life. So 
he's trying to project on him just just as i was doing the same thing when it looked to me like jane was having a turn of heart yeah. in the middle of the episode it's like okay jane has jane has actually shown a little bit of growth here at that point in the episode and and i was wrong but <laughs> which is fine because, yeah but, because you as you say you're lo- you're looking for you're looking for him to redeem himself i just wish river would tell simon because she clearly knows well i mean she the did that whole the, the, the interesting thing is she kind of demonstrates it at the beginning of the episode yeah in the sense that you get you get this incredibly unexpected act of violence from river towards jane which in the context seems unjustified and yet by the end of the episode you think actually so i probably I have should have stabbed him deeper i have a question on my notes does this tell us this episode tell us that river has psychic powers i have the attack on jane is it just because he was being disgusting and it pissed off simon or is she seeing something when we're being pushed through the hospital did she there's two things that happens there one is that she sees the guy that simon ultimately saves and so that guy's he's killing him right now that could be two things that could be a psychic activity or it could be a sherlockian level of observational and deductive skills simon is able to do it once he looks at what's happening did River see it from her wheelchair, look over, see the medicine, go A, B, and C, he's killing him? Or is this some sort of psychic thing? And and you, the second thing that happens, happens before that, when she's saying basically they're killing all these people. In the hospital, is that paranoia? Is she aware of something? Is it... Um, she doesn't that. say that. She does. These are all I'm dead people. Sure all... She do... Something to that effect. She, she says something like, they're all dying. They're killing them, I think, at one point. I, I'd have to go back and watch that one. But I, I, I got the impression before they got to that doctor, before that specific doctor, I got the impression that River was saying that these people, it's not that these people are here to die, it's that these people are being... Okay, here's... No, no. Here's the line. Oh, he's got River the says, book. they're going to die. Okay, that's, that's not where you go to that's a hospital. That's the line. Hmm? That's not where you go to a hospital. To die? Yeah. You, I mean, if you, you go to the hospital in the hope of not dying, but you yes. also go to the hospital when your chances of dying are above average. Yes. But if I were in a room full of... I mean, yes, <clears throat> at some level... I can walk into any room anywhere in the world, look at all those people and go, they're going to die. And that is a yes. true statement. But it you is. don't. And that's how I read it. <clears throat> and you don't walk into a doctor's waiting room and go, eh, they're going to die. You're not talking about the, the abstract. If When you say that, there's a something but, that comes off about that that's like, they're but that, here but that because... Has to, yeah. It, it has to do with the disconnect in River between... Just context the, and just convention. A just a data point between that, um, the other one, let's see. Um, well, I, I, she gives well, her think, Christmas story, right? Her little thing about coming down for the presents, and that's clearly, if it's not aimed at Jane, it's certainly hitting very hard with him about he thought he was going to get a reward, but it turns out that it's all cool because it's his thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it, is she intuiting that? Is is that just random nonsense? She seems to know well, I, when the men in blue are there, or the men with blue hands are there. What I would be te- what I'd be tempted to say is that any Sherlockian observation that is sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from psychicness. But in well, fact, but she has I, to observe it with her eyes, and that's the question. If she didn't, well. I think what we have seen in previous episodes is that that is that she has known things that she did not see. I think so, but I thought last time we asked this question, we were still putting it in the in the realm of 
it's all within it's all within I, the, I, I the think, gifted. I think what what it means in terms of the questions you're asking about specific instances in this episode is we don't know because she might be incredibly gifted observational observationally and that might be how she is learning what she learns and just because just because she's capable of being psychic doesn't mean she is always being psychic the the two other thing i'll just i put out there as as part of this puzzle to me is when jane wants to go back and shoot it out with the feds when the guys with the blue hands kind of come in there this is the point where river starts talking about it doesn't matter in there as if she knows you could you could to interpret this that she knows those men are dead it's not however it's not until they start screaming that she suddenly starts doing the two by two hands of blue which could be that she's heard that sound of killing before um also she leads them to the door where mal and zoe are what i'm what i'm getting at is i put all those data points and i set them down on the page and i look at them like i none of these 100 percent are the the kind of traditional storytelling where when somebody does a psychic thing you make sure you point it out and you make sure you tell the audience that there is no way they could possibly have known that and they don't do that everything here is ambiguous but, and which is a a good thing i'm not i'm not complaining about it no i i i agree it's a good thing and i think part of the reason it is but i still want to know good here is oh, well of course and 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 that's there's stringing kind me of along. the purpose of it yes yes absolutely but what's what's good about the, about telling this kind of story in this way is that often the kind of thing you're talking about where the standard stories about this involve psychics is that a psychic ability is uh, is a kind of it's magical in the sense that it's almost unlimited there's no there's no mechanism by which we can understand psychic ability from a scientific perspective because it's not possible therefore it's kind of like anything goes if if a character is psychic then there's very little constraint on what they might be capable of knowing whereas in this case although it's definitely been very strongly hinted that river is capable of some sort of extrasensory perception it's not clear how much control she has over it or how strong it is or how for even from her point of view how different it is from a intuition at this stage it, right it, right it, it's so it 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 could be that in order to learn something beyond what she can see purely by observation etc requires an incredible amount of effort or that it's hard for her to be able to distinguish between things that are perceived through this extrasensory ability and things that are imagined right. so it doesn't become a kind of all powerful totally utterly reliable psychic i'm i'm reminded of the birthday where she's staring at the candles and says fire seconds before the fire burns through the ship yeah it it's who is and if the fire hadn't burned through the ship you'd have gone it's just the candles and afterwards you go did she know who 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 is the character in the greek mythology is it cassandra that has the power of the gift of foresight, but no one, but also I, the curse I, I that lack no the one. the classical education to answer that. 
that no one will believe her. It's, it's a it's a dual yeah. curse. She knows the future, but no one no one will ever believe what she says. <clears throat> Not quite like that, but because River's crazy, or perceived as crazy, and scattered, you're just not gonna. But you're not gonna believe her. But if you were in a TV show, if you were in a TV show, um, <laughs> in a situation where she keeps doing things that, after the fact, you interpret as being precognizant, I think most people would start putting more store in what she says, no matter what. There's, there's no way you could have the curse on her. You would, that they but... will never, ever believe it. So they've gone to great lengths to make sure that you have a very plausible reason for going, oh, well, it's no, it's not that. Because this is the future, and we know this is a high-end organization that has a lot of money, and they've done a lot of brain operations, and, and we don't know that they aren't trying to posit that there really is something to scientifically to psychic powers that you know we don't know or haven't perceived at this point that that in the future could be a real thing with some brain augmentation so i mean yes it's it's hogwash and it's fooey but in the context of the universe it might not be and so we have to ask we have to say it might be possible in this in this world because we don't know where they're where they're going with this. Yeah. It is interesting that the killers didn't use psychic powers. They used Why? Well, I mean presumably they're the end possibly the end game of what they're doing to River. Why would they need Well, when they pulled I might out not, the sticks, I might not pursue this line. <clears throat> they pulled out the sticks and slaughtered all the guards that looked like a technology solution to me yeah not uh we're a group of highly trained psychic killer assassins from but why would they be psychic assassins because that's what psychics do they're evil they have to <laughs> no be. i mean, i yeah i i possibly should we come back to this when we've seen a few more episodes uh-oh <clears throat> uh-oh all right, we'll we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Um, I guess basically what I'm saying is that I didn't see anything extraordinary about these men except that they're ruthlessly killers and they use technology. So there's yes. nothing, yes. you know, there's no obvious reason why we're wearing blue gloves. No. Oh, okay, maybe you don't know this. Maybe this is not common. Um, Babylon 5. Psychics are real. Okay. There's a, there's a, it's a thing that starts happening to the human race at some point in our future and other races. And so once that happens, this, this is not really spoilery because it's very, it's like pilot episode expository background stuff. Yeah. There is a psychor. Everyone who is a psychic must be in the psychor because everyone's scared to death of them reading your thoughts. So they're heavily regulated. They always must wear gloves because casual contact reads their thoughts. So gloves is kind of a, 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 a psychic thing. Okay. Sometimes. Um, and that's how I see these men in blue. The fact that they're wearing these weird blue gloves, which makes them stand out for no apparent reason why you'd want them to stand out, kind of implies that those gloves are doing something to prevent contact uh, with other human beings. Something of that nature. So I guess that's probably where that my mind has, has already met. He just said, these guys are psychor. And yeah, go from there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about, let's talk about Mal and Jane at the end. Okay. Um, was Mal truly prepared to kill Jane or was he just trying to scare him? And follow-on question to that is the reason that he let him out because Jane showed enough self-awareness or shame to realize that he didn't want the others to know what he did. If I'm going to die, don't tell him what I did. 
that make sense? Okay. Well, to, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. To take your questions in order, I think that Mal was prepared to kill him. Yeah. I. Okay. I think from I think from Mal's point of view, what you've got here is the kind of disproportionate response. Maybe it's not totally disproportionate, but it, it's the he takes it very personally mm-hmm. because. His attitude as captain is, it it is this, he looks after his crew, no one gets left behind, so an injury to one is an injury to all. Mm -hmm. You did it to me, and he is the one who has the strength or ruthlessness or whatever to do whatever is necessary to punish, or worse, those transgressors. And it's it's very much like the the kind of Time Lord Victorious Doctor going round announcing to other aliens, don't come near Earth, Earth is protected because the Doctor is so terrible he will fry them if they, you know, so much as lay a tentacle on the planet. So okay. I, 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 th- I think what you're seeing there from Mal goes beyond goes beyond fakery and showmanship but the show of strength I mean it's real strength it is a show of strength it is real strength he is willing to go through with it okay why does he let him out well or at least well, not kill him I assume he, he may be in yeah. there forever I don't know <laughs> yes of course he doesn't actually let him out uh, there is, I mean, the whole wonderful comic timing of Adam Baldwin getting that that line at the end. Um, the thing about Jane's betrayal is, and and it, I mean, the plausibility of it goes back to this whole thing about it being like the sting, in the sense that it could be part, it could be a double bluff to the viewer, but it's certainly plausible because he's in character and the only reason you might actually think it's a double bluff is this thing of jane's jane kind of there's obviously on simon's part there's a trust not just as i say in mal but in the rest of the crew jane in the way that i've described jane going along with other people where it it serves his self-interest to do so jane has recognized that Simon has come up with a good plan and he acknowledges that and there's a very Jane-ish line when Mal asks him if he's going to get any trouble from him because obviously there has been this tension between him and the Tams. Jane says, as long as I get paid, I'm happy. So mm-hmm. that, so from one point of view, that's, that's a very Jane-ish attitude for saying it's, it's not a betrayal. On the other hand, he is motivated by money. He can get more money by shopping them. So the betrayal is is plausible and in, and in character. But I do think there is still that element when it when it comes to Jane of thinking what he does isn't wrong, and everyone else thinks the way he does, and he 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 sort of comes up with this justification. Because he doesn't see Simon and River as being part of the crew and therefore whatever loyalty he has for anyone, he certainly doesn't owe it to Simon and River. He says something about sort of doing the doing the rest of the crew a favour by getting rid of them as a justification for it. So I think there's this there's this kind of ongoing self justification thing in Jane's head up until the point where he says, don't tell them what I did. Because until that point, although Jane is in no way denying the actions that he's taken, there's no evidence that he thinks that what he has done is in any way wrong. But at that point, you at least know that he that he's feeling some shame about it, that he realises the rest of the crew are going to be appalled by his actions. Okay. 
that's my interpretation. That's why I think that's why Mal lets him out. Okay, that that's my interpretation of it. When I watched the the thing, it's like, well, he said he's sorry, but you know, extracting a sorry from somebody, I don't, I don't believe it. But but the spontaneous, don't tell him what I did, is, I I you know, I know I'm going to die, but at least let him think well of me instead of badly, which means you must know it was bad. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, but I still think Mal's a bit of a fool to trust this guy. <laughs> I, I, you know, his entire history, everything that Mal is, as far as I can tell, apart from a hatred of the Alliance, is loyalty to crew. Yes. And those are his, those are his two characteristics everything else is negotiable <laughs> but but those two are his his things and everything about jane has shown us particularly the last two episodes where we got to see how he was recruited by having him betray his own crew and how yeah. he was turned into a hero because he betrayed his own crew <laughs> yeah so the man they call jane and 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 yet mal seems willing to 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 think and again well, it's kind of the, it's kind of this a redemption thing because i do feel like mal mal has his code of honor right he has his code yes. of ethics about protecting his crew i am loyal to my crew if i'm loyal to my crew they will be loyal to me that's what you expect if i am you know, I play straight with you. You play straight with me. He thinks that's, I think he thinks that rubs off on Jane. And yet, I'm not 100% sure that it does. I'm certainly not 100% sure that it does. There's, there's, um, the, 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 that, that line is one of the things that Jewel State picks up on in her five things about the episode. She calls it Jane's moment of honesty, and she says it makes her forgive him. I, it doesn't make me forgive Jane, and I wonder whether, because I don't, I wonder whether Mal does, because I don't think Mal wants to throw him out the airlock. I think he's almost looking for a reason not to. And I, like I say, I think he's willing to think that is genuine, but he would just do it straight away. It's like when he shot the guy in Serenity. Mm-hmm. He he walks in, he shoots him in the head. If if he's going to do it, he's just, he just does it. Throws the guy so, in the engine, yeah. Yeah, and and the, the reason Jane is in the airlock is because he's turned around and brained him with a spanner when he wasn't expecting it. Which could have been fatal. <laughs> Well, he could have done. He could have done something fatal. That's the point. He's not going. He's not necessarily going to give Jane a warning. But what he chooses to do is put Jane in a position where they can have a conversation. But and there's he's a looking, difference. He's looking for some outcome from that conversation, and I think what he's looking for is that sign that Jane knew he did something wrong. There is a difference between Mel shooting that Fed in Serenity or throwing the guy into the motor. Jane is part of his team and Mal is loyal to him even in this moment. Yeah, I agree. He's he's, he's still being so it's it's more than just trying to look for an ex, it is kind of trying to look for an excuse, but I mean it, it, he wouldn't well, have he's given looking that for to anybody because else. Because he's loyal. Exactly. It's <clears> because he's loyal. If it had been anyone else, instead of hitting him with a spanner, he'd have just turned around and shot them or whatever. He had he ha- he had the advantage on Jane. He had a moment where he could surprise him, so he could have done whatever he wanted, or he could have done it when Jane was unconscious. You know, he could have he could have instead of leaving the airlock closed, he could have shoved him out there and just opened it before he regained consciousness. Bye bye, Jane. And he chose not to do that. And I agree with you. I think it's because he feels some loyalty there. But it wasn't it wasn't that he was always going to let him back in. He was looking for something. He he was looking for a, a reason, but whether whether or not whether or not he's right, that's the question. And I agree with you. I I still don't think 
Jane is trustworthy. I do. I'm gonna. But he's more. He is more trustworthy because he realizes he was in the wrong than he would be if he was still purely in a mindset of self justification. A brief tangent because we mentioned about the fact that he could have shot him. I do think it's interesting that when we got onto the Alliance planet, we get to see a different kind of technology weapon, which is those, I'm guessing, yeah. stun guns. Yeah. Or or yeah, more like like a rubber bullet gun or something. Uh, so there is more to it than just bullet technology running around the, uh, the system. Oh yeah. But um, we haven't really seen that much. Just, it's all been those kind of ordinary looking guns that make a slightly funny noise. Uh, the fight in the prison, quite brutal. Also the deaths of the guards at the hands of the pencil. Um, pretty gruesome. Mm-hmm. Did Simon, right? So Jane starts a prison break. Simon realizes he has to join in on this. Oh, they're not going to make it, right? So he has to start mm-hmm. fighting too. Um, Jane is pretty damn brutal when he kills that guy in the fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his hands are tied. I can understand why that would be a rough, a rough fight. Does Simon intend and or think that he killed the other guard. Now we later find uh, out that he sure. did not. He didn't kill the guard so that the men, the men with blue hands killed him. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but as a doctor, you know, you get a guy down, you put your knee on his windpipe and you keep it there until he stops. That seems like that's an act of murder. Self-defense perhaps. Well, except but- if, you're, if you're a doctor... But can you, you know? do it to the wouldn't point you know where it wouldn't kill, kill him? Because he didn't kill him. I don't know. I the don't intention know. might not have been to kill him, but it might have been a risk that he was taking. Well, that's my question. How did you see it? Did you see it as intentional? I, I don't know. Or... It, did, it didn't. It didn't. I didn't see it as. I didn't see it as what he was intending to do was incapacitate him, but he was willing to use near lethal force to do it. It was. It didn't it was, seem important to me. It was an instant thought. Was. It was an instant thought to me when he got down on that guy and he started crushing his windpipe. And then when he got up and kind of the look on his face, I'm like, did he just kill that guy? Did he just commit murder of a type? And, and, and you know, how would that make a, how would that make Simon feel? Has he, has he already figured out the alliance is bad enough that it's okay that you can go ahead and kill the guards or is the doctor in him still uh probably and then they they kind of i think they kind of copped out by revealing that he was the guy was still alive at least to the audience we don't really look to simon we don't know if he knows or not but i see what you mean i thought that was kind of interesting i mean he could have walked away from there thinking he killed that guy he didn't examine him when he got free he didn't reach over to check his pulse just to make sure he was all right. He walked away as if nothing I can do here. Okay. Last two things I have. One, and you probably won't be able to answer this question. Why was Book not in this? Is it from a logistical standpoint, like he was sick or he was on vacation or time off? which that you might be able to answer. Or is there a reason that they couldn't take Book to this planet that would play into his character later on? And I I, I just think it's an interesting omission. I mean, they didn't need him, but at the same time, it just, it's odd that they just dropped him off somewhere and then they're going to go back and get him later. Inara's story to get out of it made far more sense. But... You know, she still had to but why, appear. Why did get... she have to be out of it? <clears throat> well, apparently she did. I mean, they walked her off at the she beginning was of the out episode. Of it. She was out of it. But she why was did out she of have it. to be out of the episode? Presumably. In, in the sense that you know, they had that's nothing a, for her right. to do. Mm-hmm. I, yes. Okay. Yeah. So the book had they... nothing to do and they write him out completely. He, he, doesn't even, he doesn't even show up. Physically isn't even on screen. For any time at all. So that feels like he wasn't available for shooting. Inara's not in the story, so they come up with, oh, by the way, I'm going off for my two-day medical examination. I'll be back in two days. 
happens to coincide with almost to the minute when Mal arrives in the rescue attempt. Um, <laughs> that felt like the writer didn't know what to do with the character and so put her out. But I, I'm just curious, you know, we've, we've mentioned that book seems to have a potentially shady past of some kind. And mm -hmm. I just wondering if it was just easier to avoid putting him on the planet at all. Uh, and left which if you if there's such a thing as a spoiler then you can't tell me that but i i mention it for later I, on down the line <laughs> unless you happen to know that he was out sick or something well there's no there's no commentary or anything on this so i don't i don't know what was going on with the production um i i don't know why i don't know why inara is not in it you know whether whether there's a particular thing there i know from one of the previous episodes i forget which one that gina torres was off getting married to lawrence fishburne and possibly on her honeymoon and could only do like four days of shooting or something i can't remember which one it was but it's not obvious from the episode oh it's the one where it's the one we were just talking about where she gets knocked out knocked over by the fire and ah. spends a lot of the time she's actually in shot lying down she's in the scenes it's just she's out of shot therefore she doesn't need to be there right but you sense her presence so it's you know from that point of view you don't ask the question oh where's zoe um so yeah i i, I don't know about the i don't know about the production reasons why there are two of the major characters not in this well so from the train robbery we see that <clears throat> inara doesn't really participate as a as a respectable companion she doesn't seem to participate in their heists no. she, yes she came to his mal's rescue but that's shown as being the extraordinary event not the common event so this is a heist. She wouldn't really have any part in it. It would it would not behoove her to get involved in it because it would damage her respectable job. Indeed. So I, I can see why they just thought. But I will say this. They must have some seriously, seriously nasty space STDs that it, companions <laughs> require a two-day medical exam every year. That <laughs> That's worrisome. Yeah. That's worrisome. We yes, gotta have a license to <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Make sure they're not spreading any of those serious astro clap around the galaxy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I don't have anything else. <laughs> no, I think uh, that I wasn't think enough. Note. <laughs> <laughs> anything else? We're gonna end it with the STDs and uh, and go on from there, but. Uh, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to make a comment on the episode. No, no. All right. Uh, what is the next episode of Firefly when we get to War it? War Stories, I believe. Oh, that sounds right. That sounds right. Okay. Well, Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. And listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.